Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the latest, the greatest edition of Nick's Nonfiction. Here with your host, Nick Muniz. Rejuvenated. Feeling good. Fired up. Yes, sir. Today we're talking Salvador Dali. Where did this guy get his meat? The Salvador Deli. <laughs> He's the father of surrealism. How many surrealists does it take to change a light bulb? One to change the light bulb, one to set the unicycle on fire, and one to fill the bathtub with spiders. <laughs> surrealism is a circus. Or maybe the world is a circus, man, and surrealism makes sense of it. You see, when you interpret art, you can never be wrong. That's the 21st century rim shot right there. We're going to culturally relevant up this book. What would Salvador Dali be like as a YouTuber? His whole cult of personality would have fit in well with the landscape of today. And also, big Nick's nonfiction announcement. I'm not forcing the hour anymore. It's, uh, there's no point. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be still the same great show, same amount of information. This guy, Salvador Dali, he was riding the coattails of Picasso. He took cubism. He put his own sleepy, hypnagogic spin on it. I think cubism is a guy falling asleep trying to do surrealism. That's very high-class art humor. Did you know no artist has ever painted a chicken in the cubist style? That's because no one likes a cock blocker. <laughs> Got him! Picasso couldn't get his hands on a PS5. His favorite console? GameCubism. <laughs> Today's book is a must-read. Anyone pursuing art, making videos out there? Salvador shamelessly hustled. You've seen his works before, the melting clocks, the giant elephants. He did more beyond painting. He had a sculpture called The Great Masturbator. It's a portrait of me. <laughs> Can't deny this man had style, especially when it came to the mustache game. He takes third place behind Charlie Chaplin and Hitler. His mustache looks like the Adams Family. Dun, dun. I've been to his exhibits high on psychedelics. Like, his paintings come to life, people. It's like a Van Gogh. It's still swirling after you look at it. This guy tapped into something. And as always, towards the end of the show, I'm saying we're going to draw this out to modern day. Not just YouTuber Dolly, but surrealism is the modern day art. Like, watch one Tool music video, you're going to forget what dimension you're from. All of music. Donda 2. That's Kanye West's surrealist mixtape. Scoop-dee-poop. Poopity-scoop. What's even happening? Hobo fashion in the streets. Memes are post-irony. I want to go back to the MLG era where visuals actually mattered. Set up punchline. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Telling you, Salvador would have fit in like a key. This is going to be a fun episode starting after some sponsors. About the author, Salvador Deli. <laughs> I'm not doing it about the author here, and it's because this is a autobiography. It's him blowing himself for three. It was like a 400-page book. So, yeah, I'm wading through the shit. Go to patreon.com slash the niche. Throw me a dollar. Those tiers are going to be changing, likely 2023. So get in while you can hot. And then the memes are at an all-time high. Harry Schwant. Did you hear about Salvador Dali's brother? He was a really good boxer. Name was Muhammad. Muhammad Dali. <laughs> what do you call Salvador Dali after multiple homicides? A serial killer. We will be right back. Chapter 1. The Secret Life of Salvador Dali. Childhood Memories. Maybe if I talk like Ben Sharpio, I could get more information into a shorter amount of time. He says, memories from afar become askew, making it hard to remember which details are real. He's starting us off with some false childhood memories. This is in uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau's The Confessions. How do we know which memories are real? Salvador would throw kid fits when his parents tried to enroll him at school, five years old. You know, Germany, they wait till kids are eight to school them. Mr. and Mrs. Dolly thought Salvador was ready at seven. He fought it off for a couple years. Quote, my parents had succeeded by this time in teaching me two things, the letters of the alphabet 
and how to write my name. At the end of one year of school, they discovered to their stupefaction that I had totally forgotten these two things. <laughs> I gave all that information because five to seven years old, that's the formative years. So he wasn't indoctrinated. Those critical, he was outside the system. You see what kind of intelligence he has from the start. He forgot numbers. He forgot letters. He's on some abstract, not linguistic knowledge. You ever heard this one? Memorization is the lowest form of intelligence. Yeah, I can't even do that. For real, there's other kinds of smarts out there. Dolly starts talking about his favorite teacher, Senor Treate. Quote, at each brief awakening, he would take a pinch of criminally aromatic snuff, which made him sneeze wholeheartedly, bespattering an immense handkerchief, which he rarely changed with ochre stains. He's a writer. You see, this guy could have fucking done anything. He was able to platform himself in art. And Senior Triate down here is someone who actually motivated him from the beginning. You probably remember an art teacher that lied to you and said you were good. That stuff matters when you're a kid. Quote, now and then he would go off on a Sunday excursion and return with his cart filled with bits of church sculpture, gothic windows and other architectural peaches, which he stole from churches. He stole peaches. As Dolly became a teenager, he would keep on visiting Senor Triate, and they went and started climbing churches together. You know how your parents probably saved your first grade art projects? They're probably still in the refrigerator. Salvador Dali's parents, they didn't save any of his childhood art. <laughs> he saved some of his own doodles. That comes into the story later. He included in this chapter that he was better than any adult drawer that he knew. Uh, of course, he's very talented as a kid. Good for you. Quote, my memory has welded the whole into such a homogeneous and indestructible mass that only a critically objective examination of certain events that are too absurd or clearly impossible obliges me to consider them as authentic false memories. He's disclaiming here, yeah, maybe I didn't climb churches with Senor Triot. Maybe I should therapize him. You have repressed memories because you have blanked out slates. The only explanation for not remembering something is being raped by a patriarchal man. I'm starting to think the only thing relevant here was that Triate was the first guy to catch a glimpse of Dolly's doodles and tell him they were good. Another quote, the pictures themselves were edged and dotted. Edged on his pictures? He did a tribute to his own art? Oh! <laughs> With colored holes. Colored holes! Okay, enough. <laughs> Light and from behind were transformed one into another in an incomprehensible way that could be compared only to the metamorphosis of the so-called hypnagogic images of half-slumber. I'm going to start saying half-slumber now because that other word probably confuses people. Yeah, that's what the style of his art is, between waking life and unconsciousness. He also remembers the teacher showing him encyclopedias, pictures of russia and china blew his mind there are people that speak other ways yeah you're so open-minded dude he was mostly alone he said aside from his one friend Bacchus. <laughs> yeah one story they came across a horse carcass together and so they started poking it with sticks this is the childhood chapter if you didn't poke a dead raccoon with your buddy you didn't live and this is also a nietzsche thing he collapsed to his knees the day he saw a dead horse so i might be missing some levels here quote one day at dinner my father created a general consternation by reading aloud a report from my teachers <gasps> i had a friend who used to burn his report cards <laughs> they alluded to my exemplary discipline and gentleness they mentioned approvingly that I would spend my recreation periods far from the noisy games, lost in the contemplation of a colored picture, found in a chocolate wrapping. He's <laughs> like uh, finding images in the clouds. They concluded by saying, I was dominated by a kind of mental laziness, so deeply rooted that it made it almost impossible for me to achieve any progress in my studies. <laughs> Today we call it ADHD. Back in 1920, they were like, nah, you have chronic laziness. <laughs> you need to go repent. 
Dolly's parents were so busy, he said he barely saw them. His dad was a notary man. The most notable notary man in town. <laughs> he would spend a lot of his time in his room. Yeah, the grandma said from a young age, Dolly was scared to grow old. And he has that famous painting of his grandma. So it's all playing on youth and making you think you understand the art. My point for this whole childhood chapter is we all went to school with someone this talented. It ain't me. There was this kid that used to draw dragon pictures for me. His name was Ken Wong. Do I have to beep that? Probably a million Ken Wongs. Those could have been worth big. I'm mad that I threw them out. Moral of the chapter, save everyone's doodles. Final quote. As I neared the end, my work became more painful because of the constant temptation to leave everything. I would say to myself, it's good enough as it is. But an insuperable force pressed me to keep right on. <laughs> right on, man. Chapter 2. Coastal Kadakes. Kadakes. I'm saying for this book, this guy has heavy parallels with Jean-Jacques. He dipped out of school and went to the Parisian countryside. So he would go in and out of Paris, quote, I wanted to paint nothing less than an invisible man. But to do this, I wanted to go away somewhere to the country again. But also, I definitely wanted to take Galal along. And very confusing. Jesus, dude. He's writing this in late life. He didn't meet this chick Galal. That's his wife until much later. He says, the idea is that in my own room where I was going to work, there might be a woman, a real woman, who moved with senses, with body and hair. He's an incel. He's dreaming about his future wife who doesn't exist. He said, I loved Paris so much that I spent three years there. Quote, I would express all that my pent-up eloquence and accumulated during my painful and prolonged silence. Shut up with the poetry, man. The 101 martyrdoms of French conversation were sprinkled with esprit, a sense that is often managed to conceal its lack of bony structure and substance. French people are a living art. They'll throw a riot if they can't take a nap in the middle of the day, drinking wine in the... Bro, that's where he went to go and get his bone structure, he said. Another thing he was mentioning was how he didn't get much traction there because he wasn't French. It's the curse of James Corden, the Trevor Noah know-it-all. Go back to South Africa. James Corden, eat your crumpets in Britain. I want a fucking American criticizing our news. Remember from John Jock, he was Mr. Big Mouth? Like, he banged dudes, madams, moiselles in their own house. Salvador Dali, he sees himself as a fly on the wall. And here's probably the biggest run-on sentence ever. I have always admired, and I did so particularly at this time, the person who, without having anything really sensational important to say, manages throughout a whole dinner of 20 people to steer the conversation in whatever direction he chooses. He says, people listen just enough so they have something to dispute. They don't listen enough to change their mind. <laughs> Yeah, that's me screaming, dude. What a great quote. People listen enough so they have something to dispute. They're not interested in changing their mind. <laughs> this might be like a European thing I'm thinking. Uh, people are more likely to have a conversation and disagree there. I want to fight people I disagree with in America. <laughs> On a plane, let's go. Stewardess, square up. Another quote long one it has a couple good observations first the aristocracy what was then called the society in france was infinitely more vulnerable to my system of ideas than the artists and especially the intellectuals i'm gonna have to break this one up it is definitely modern day you can't let the younger artists who are actually motivated and moving the fucking art form have a platform because it threatens your job it's the late night shows when they went to their own houses during COVID, they fucking all bombed. You know what I'm saying? You have to platform people that suck. <laughs> That's aristocratic society. How to protect your ass. Indeed, society people still wore clinging to their personalities the dose of 
atavism of civilization, of refinement. They all think they're doing something good by staggering art. <laughs> it could be so many years ahead of where it is. The second thing I discovered was the climbers. Those little sharks frantically scrambling for success, who with their assiduous flattery, their intriguing and competitive gossiping anxiety, all the tables covered with the best crystals, the best silverware, I decided that I would thenceforth... What? I'm adding that word to my vocabulary. Thenceforth, have to make us these two kinds of discoveries of society people to keep me and of the climbers to open a way of prestige for me. So he's saying there's the climbers and there's the prestige. You got to use both of them. He says, I was able to manipulate the climbers with rumors. Absolutely genius. While every <clears throat> artist is like on their own mountain, only one person can stand on top of the mountain at a time. <laughs> like we all have different roots up the same mountain, I guess is my point. There can only be one Dolly at a time. There can only be one Drake at a time. And most artistic pursuits, it's like <laughs> the Mount Everest base camp line to get to the summit. So he's saying in order to skip the line, I'm going to manipulate the rest of the climbers with rumors. Hey, there's a dead guy behind us. You know, it's lying. <laughs> I think this works because art is one of the few niches left where social capital is worth anything. You can't pay people off. You have to try to destroy their reputation with rumors. Yeah, that guy at the top, he's really hurting right now. His head isn't in the game. And if we keep with the tribal example, women used to hold the power of the rumor. And they're kind of losing it with the internet now. <laughs> if a trend gets to white girls, it's probably over. <laughs> and I'm saying algorithms have this figured out more than white men who are not the best. Okay, Men are going to start marrying trading algorithms, I believe. Their own Joaquin Phoenix her marrying Siri. I had a roommate who spent all day trying to program a trading bot. And so we would sit outside, smoke a pipe, and try to figure out when is the best time for the tell the system to trade. And they already have this on Wall Street, but once this kid actually gets that up and running, he's going to be a fucking homemade millionaire. Dolly, he's reading the algorithm in the room or whatever, and he's saying, I'm going to draw the invisible woman. The girl who feels like she's not being heard and is being spoken over by art. And he's going to integrate his wife later to totally suck the money out of those rich people. <laughs> Are we still in it? This is chapter two. Yeah. Getting towards the second half. He's moving down to the border of Spain and France. Three years in Paris, he learned about the society and all that. Quote, I was growing on Senor Pichot's property. There was a cypress plant in the middle of the country yard. Irrelevant quote, he's becoming a gardener. He doesn't have his mustache yet, which is more important, and his parents still think that he's just fucking around. Quote, my studies at the Institute continued to progress in a mediocre way, and everyone advised my father to let me become a painter, especially Senor Nunez, who had complete faith in my artistic talent. My father refused to make a decision. My artistic future frightened him. You get it. The dad's not wrong. He's walking into the unknown. He's mad that the dad doesn't believe him, and some guy, Senor Nunez, does. He has got a lack of outlets. His hope is, like, starting to fray. Quote, The work which had the greatest effect on me was Voltaire's Philosophical Dictionary. Adding that to the reading list. And Nietzsche's Thus Spoke Zarathustra. We're reading the greats here. On the other hand, gave me all the feelings that I could do to better in this vein of myself. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. He's going semi-viral with some of his paintings. He had the teapot as like a candle. A famous one from that era. He's getting zero commercial attention though. So there's buzz on the streets about this new creator. None of the aristocracy is messing with him. He says on the farm he learns all the isms. This guy was <laughs> smarter than his professors. 
taught him about liberalism and conservatism. He said he went to school then from the coast. And this was Kadake's, so this is where it ends. <laughs> Quote, I have to mention, in order that the ever-growing passion which I unleashed in this woman's soul, her cooch, may be better understood and not solely attributed to my gifts as a Don Juan. See, I'm saying he's reading all the isms. That nothing more once occurred between us two. He's meeting women, okay? <laughs> like, he's playing it up like he got laid, but he said in the book that he didn't have sex until his wife. What? You went to a coastal art school and you didn't get laid? What? <laughs> this fucking guy. His excuse was that all the Hispanic girls are scared of unconsummated love. Hmm, I'm sure. Dolly out there wasting his breath at university. And his mother is growing ill. Chapter 3. Dandy Dolly. Without enough art supplies for any sort of outlet, he starts troublemaking. He's just like vandalizing things because he doesn't have paint. His parents said in the childhood chapter that he would come home with paint and they didn't know where he got it and he would spend all day in his room. Dolly wrote, continuing to believe that art school should be a means of earning a livelihood was false. It should be solely a relaxation for the spirit. <laughs> Period. <laughs> He's saying art school is rehab. This is not a way to get into the aristocracy, the system. Like, I was uh, not a tech major, mass communication. There was one professor who had all the ins with the Philadelphia radio stations. And so I knew my buddy B-dubs. Ben Warry, that's not his real name, but he got the spot in the, I think it was NBC. And it's like only one kid of our 20,000 person class got the aristocracy spot and he kissed the most ass. And just me sitting next to him, I think, was able to get me a couple grade points higher. Yeah, bro, he's saying that some of these kids are being the chosen one. <laughs> one may devote oneself to the leisure of moments of one's manner of life that allows one to do so. Okay, so he's saying, I live art, and all these women who are finger-painting, they don't actually live art with their bodies. He's mad that nobody's putting out, and it's true. Love, spread love, that's art. <laughs> no, let's all be chaste. He's not learning who to sell right. Like, you gotta find the slutty chicks to sell to, and this translates to his art. Why aren't my paintings blowing up? You're not selling to the right people. Like, this is getting too meta. Let me pitch my project here. You go to the mall and buy things that make you fat and sick. I'm here pushing learning and laughs for a dollar. Nonsense. Modern society is fucking slavery plus shopping. It's what he's trying to say. <laughs> slavery. It's... We're not living, and he's seeing this in college, in their youth, when everybody has the most vitality. Virality. I think my product is more beneficial than a Dolly painting. <laughs> These ideas last forever. Dolly's giving people seizures. I don't know, he's becoming an adult here, and he's realizing everything is a dead end. So the only way to not be in the dead end is make your own road. <laughs> Fuck school, he drops out. And then his dad urges him to go to school in Madrid. He does spend a lot of time in Madrid here, though. Probably the rest of the chapter. Quote, from the academy to my room, from my room to the academy, and I never exceeded the budget of one peseta per day. My inner life needed nothing else, rather than anything would more have embarrassed me by the intrusion of an unendurable element of displeasure. The only thing he likes is art. He says boredom is a good thing. Mm -mm, you can only grow by being busy. Quote, in my room, I was beginning to paint my first cubist paintings, which were directly and intentionally influenced by the Wan girls. They were almost monochromes. As a reaction against my previous colorist and impressionable periods, the only colors in my palette were white, black, sienna, and olive green. Probably because that's all he could afford. <laughs> Quote, I bought a large black felt hat and a pipe, which I did not smoke and never lit, but which I kept constantly hanging from the corner of my mouth. 
I loathed long trousers and decided to wear short pants with stockings and sometimes putties. Dressed in like a cat girl on hormone replacement. I said the name of the chapter. This is his dandy phase. It's branding. A couple of months of this, he says I'm committed to the cubism and the dandy lifestyle. He's finally branding himself, which will lead to marketing to the right audience. Quote, with this waterproof cape, I wore the large black hat from which my hair stuck out like a mane on each side. I realize today that with those who knew me at the time do not at all exaggerate when they say that my appearance was fantastic. It was. Each time I went out or returned to my room, curious groups would form to watch me pass, and I would go to walk with my head held high, full of pride. This is a Catholic-ass book. Pride is a deadly sin. He's marketing. <laughs> and marketing is corporate deadly sins. <laughs> He's making a statement. Like, there's a difference between pandering your product to a certain person. And then, I think the best comparison is hipsters, dude. He's almost acting like a hipster, but he's creating his own style. Like, hipsters would be the artists that they think they are if they just came up with their own trends. Instead of recycling 1800s coffee brewing methods. This is a barber method from 1750. Just come up with something. <laughs> I don't understand. Hipsters are not doing art. Dolly is in a world where everybody wore the top hat. It's 1930. <laughs> and he's going around in pippy long stockings. You see, he's doing it for a reaction. And that's what makes it art. <laughs> like, if it's just some crazy hobo on the subway and everybody ignores him, that's a destitute man. That isn't art. But when someone goes... How could, what is that person doing? How are they living like that? Now it's living art. It's the reaction. And you know, YouTube videos, it's the fucking biggest thing, a reaction video. Dolly's figuring it out. Quote, my emotion and my repressed tensions remained unable to find any outlet. And with my feeling of discomfort, I continued to hear the inner voice from the king. The king was one of the teachers. You must do something phenomenal. And I did. I chose the sculpture class in which to do it. He's in art boot camp here. Whatever this Madrid school is, pretty serious. The clay, that's where they say legends go to die. Michelangelo sculptures, they look soft. <laughs> you turn the hardest thing, rock, into softness. Dolly's giving his hand at it. His The king, this professor leaves him alone in the studio to do his final project. What he does, starts putting all of the plaster into the sink, getting it wet. The entire supply for the school year. He creates a tunnel going into the hallway, and then it goes down the stairwell. The king finally returns, and he's going, what the hell did you do? The final project was make a piece of art inside the room. This is outside. And Dolly's going, that's the point. It's art. I made it outside of the room. So outside of the box. You know, he didn't put a cow on the roof or set the school on fire. He's walking the line in the right way. This is a pretty important quote. I realized that I had been the plaything of a dream and that this whole episode of the plaster inundation was all but an illusion. The remarkable stroke of genius, however was not the discovery itself, but the interpretation, which sparing to my mind is an almost instantaneous way. It's the interpretation, bro. He sold it as, no, I'm going outside of the room and outside of the walls of creation. Framing. It's fucking everything. Interpretation. That's what the news is there for, how to frame the world events. The approach is everything in the art of stand-up. And then in movie making, editing, the interpretation is how you turn raw data into fucking magic, dude. It's always the interpretation. And that's the perfect loop back to dandyism. It's the interpretation that makes it art. This guy is wearing bright clothes. He must be gay. No, I would totally date that guy. The clothes mean he cares about his appearance. But it also means that he prays to a Scorpio blood moon. Like women go on all their chick theories. 
you're making it art, baby. When <laughs> anytime you look at something and go, this guy thinks he's this, he won. Like at the most meta level I could put it, it's dramatic irony. You think you're in on the joke. This guy doesn't know that he's wearing a weird hat. You think that you are... He knows he's wearing a fucked up hat. <laughs> yeah. Dolly wrote his mood in Madrid became sober, solemn, and studious. The cubism kept being his secret project. Uh, he goes to meet some, like, hybrid business artists. So remember before, he's like, I'm going to need the aristocrats. He's finally making some of those connections at the school. Quote, no sooner did I enter it than everything became clear to me. He's talking about the Champagne Society. I had radically changed my appearance. My friends who took a much more decided pride in my person than I were eager to defend my true appearance and even to force its acceptance with an energetic and resolute courage. Dude, everybody in the room is getting behind him because they think they're in on it. Yeah, this guy, he, he's a little out there, but he makes great art. <laughs> Dolly's sitting there tongue-in-cheek. I'm such an idiot, guys. Keep making fun of me. Quote, Nevertheless, my potentialities as a dandy were now definitely established. My grubby and anarchistic appearance was replaced by a contradictory and fanciful amalgam, which at least produced the effect of being expensive. <laughs> He went from being a long-haired grunge emo kid to making something that rich people can interpret as artistic. <laughs> the kid who's wearing a worn-out fucking Def Leppard t-shirt and his hair is down to his knees, that is a bigger living piece of art than Dolly dressing it up here. You see, I'm not behind him, but this guy plays it so well. He's considering a King Vasquez, that professor, to be his insider. That's the professor who knows the in at NBC. And he was saying, this is the school for donors. The old art school was rehab. This is where all the fucking sharks are. The whales. And so he gets invited to a couple balls. And he keeps revamping his style. Shaking hands with more important people. Throughout the night, he said he would feel claustrophobic. He would step outside for air and all these things. Good quote. The hair of the elegant woman must be healthy. It is the only thing about the elegant woman that must be healthy. <laughs> He's shitting on the rich ladies. Ever wonder why fucking tuition is so expensive? Because they have to throw balls for these people. The final quote I wrote down. We ate chanterelle mushrooms, Greek olives, anchovies, chartreuse spaghetti warmed clams over rabbit. <laughs> and there's these art students who have been eating potato skins. <laughs> He actually said eight students were huddled together eating scraps. So I didn't know if that was some sort of a symbolic thing. They're grifting off of the existing audience while this guy is going to try to make his own. This leads to Dolly having a summer internship in Catalonia. Chapter 4, The Cinema Period. So it's not exactly a good thing. That he got this opportunity. He feels like his mind is imprisoned more than ever, he says. He's closer to home now, Catalonia. So he would go home and visit his dad. They would do nips of chartreuse on the weekends. And he would fill his teacup to the brim of alcohol. <laughs> Just so you guys don't think I'm riding this guy schlong too hard, listen to this quote. It came after this long story about the village drunk near campus. He got a hold of Dolly one day. He's like, I hear about this Cubist stuff you're selling to all the rich people. While I'm out here on the streets, I actually think you're doing real art. So this is exactly what every artist wants. The lowest man actually understands his style. Dolly responds, I said to him then, having placed a friendly hand on one of his sunken shoulders, why don't you try to hang yourself <laughs> or throw yourself from the top of a tower? The soundboard overheated. Dude, <laughs> like I said, he shits on his audience. This is a poor person who wants to support his art. And he's like, no, fuck you. Go jump off a tower. <laughs> My art is for rich people. Dude, Salvador Dali didn't have a $1 Patreon tier. 
this is our Jeffrey Epstein rule on the show. You got to work with the ultra wealthy. And so he's going, a lot of rich people are financing movies. This is getting into his cinema phase. Dolly said that his mind felt imprisoned here. It starts leaking out in all these other ways. He got in multiple fights, one of which he said landed him in jail. Quote, I shall only tell you that one of my favorite games at this time was to dip banknotes into my whiskey until they began to disintegrate. This involved a long ceremonial which would dumbfound those who witnessed it. <laughs> it's like modern artists. We're lighting money on fire to show you how much we don't care about capitalism. The IRS. Um, I know your name. <laughs> Yeah, dude, what is, he's such an edgelord. He's disintegrating money and also ruining a glass of whiskey at the same time. I think it'd be more artistic if he drank it. <laughs> he finally gets proper kicked out of school. But before leaving Madrid, I wanted to savor the last everything alone. I ampled through hundreds of streets. He's drunk and wandering through streets. It shone beneath the concise and limpid October like... An immense peeled bone tinted, what are you saying? <laughs> Quote, I found my father thunderstruck by the catastrophe of my expulsion, which had shattered all his hopes that I might succeed in an official career. When Dolly came home and showed his dad the eviction notice, the expulsion, Dolly told his sister to stand next to his dad and not move. He's going to hold that pose right there. I want to capture this feeling forever. Don't move a muscle. <laughs> His dad is fucking about to put him through the wall. It's a great scene there. He winds up moving back up to Paris, this time for real. Quote, the day before I was going to get up from my bed for the first time, I discovered two or three insects on the ceiling. Were they small cockroaches or lice? Crockroaches, they come from a crock pot. La cucaracha, la cucaracha. The cockroach was the first person to see fruit face. His first few months in Paris, he's in the worst mental state, and he paints probably his best painting. I love this one. It's the person's face made of all the different fruit. You've seen it a million times. Quote, I also saw other more complicated and condensed images. The profile of a rabbit's head whose eyes served as the eyes of a parrot. This is from his childhood when he would look at the candy wrapper and see images in it. He's monetizing it. <laughs> the fish I sometimes saw with a grasshopper clinging to its mouth. How did this guy not do any psychedelics? I think he might have synesthesia is what it is. And like a lot of uh, DJs, they say, have this. You can feel sound or whatever <laughs> dolly is saying i could visualize landscapes doing violent exercises what the heck i think that was in the david goggins book he would be able to picture the future moments of his life vividly when he was in the depths of suffering <laughs> bro i was in a tent recently and i heard a cougar it woke me up four times throughout the night. It was one of the worst nights of sleep in my life. At the same time, it wasn't because I was half asleep. It was this weird dream, half-awake state that I said I was going to remember before. <laughs> Half-waking, hypnagogic. And I started dreaming about cougars. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to explain it. But if you're in a state of fear or extreme <laughs> life or death... You're going to produce some good art. Let's wrap up this chapter. Quote, at the time when I had my first and only hallucination, I derived satisfaction from each of the phenomena of my growing psychic abnormality to such a point that everything served to stimulate them. He's saying everything I'm doing now is feeding the wild algorithm in my brain. The more surrealist memes I intake, the more I can think crazy. <laughs> And he's saying there's other techniques where you're able to di visualize 3D objects in your mind. That's some breaking edge cognitive exercises they tell people to do. Yeah, while this guy is a rabble rouser, a stinker, he's finding out some of the biggest mysteries. 
chapter five, the final one, Dolly Inc. Probably the longest one also. He's returning to the big city again, Paris, maybe for the final time, I hope. <laughs> and he's remembering his rule. I'm only working with the aristocrats. He had a quote here. He's 32 years old, and I think this is maybe his most powerful one. Three words. I am surrealism. I wish I had the soundboard right now. Yeah, while Dolly is standing on the shoulder of giants, he is the art form. I am surrealism. They walked so that I can run. No, I am art. <laughs> he said he was influenced by Picasso, Cubism before. He's lying, but it's the perfect marketing. All of the rich people. This guy says he is the surrealism. He is the movement. Nobody can acknowledge that other people's art is just as good. But he's got the juice right now. He's set up the zeitgeist perfectly. He meets his wife Galal in this period. And yeah, she gets him out of the flop house. So all of his art gets shittier. Galal really gets in his mind though. Telling him about rich people. They obsess over the lavish lifestyle. She's a little rich girl. So she's selling all the secrets to him. Dolly then makes a collection of drawings where women are portrayed as jewels. So that original fruit face, the one that was totally pulled out of his misery, he's using that art style and making women jewels. See how that's the perfect thing that these wives would want to buy and hang on their wall above their makeup station? And Dolly in his book is saying... The only thing value about these chicks is their hair. <laughs> Read the book, women. <laughs> it wouldn't be possible if he didn't draw the fruit lady in college. And yeah, you know, it's all building. Piggybacking, the name of the chapter I say is Dolly Inc. It's like a Zorofsky Crystals saw some of his drawings and then signed him on. So yeah, he's propping up blood diamonds. I'm not saying he's a good guy. He perfectly played the world of art and high society. I like that Lewis Carroll quote. The end of society started when we began to make products that only served the purpose of being sold. The end started when we only made things tchotchkes. You know what I'm saying? There's no other point to Dolly designed the lip phone. You know, the telephone that looks like a pair of lips. Just get a phone. This serves no purpose. It's a product that only serves the purpose of being sold. A craftsman makes something that you sit on. An artist makes something that you look at. Dolly also had a uh, furniture line where he made the legs table stand. Like, you're lying to people. This isn't art. This is a consumerist product. <laughs> And it's blurring the line that Lewis Carroll is saying. Seriously, you go to a fucking furniture store and a lazy boy has its own studio lighting in an exhibit showroom. No wonder the simple Jack can't tell the difference between art and advertisements anymore. We don't even know the difference between a couch and a painting. Jesus, man. And the internet, I think, is exacerbating this world where everybody is everything. There is no art versus products. Silicon Valley, like, is propping up this fucking hustle because you make money off of it through algorithms. The art is just going to continue to deteriorate if it's for everybody. And yeah, I know that's an elitist statement, but not everybody can understand what art is or what you're trying to say. So people can manipulate that and make people stupider. <laughs> Damn it. We got to get the influence out there. Let me give you one more example. I don't want to go to an artisanal grilled cheese spot. The chef has purple hair. They got sleeves of tattoos. The most creative chefs out there are grinding line cooks at slaughterhouses. Now let's go to the Ink Master Cheese Monster. Fucking even tattoo artists. You're selling a product. <laughs> We're in the deepest you can. Dolly figured out. Art is for rich people. You can't afford 
art so you make art on your body <laughs> like if i worked at apple i would upload every single ipad with an app called smart art and all it is is the primary colors <laughs> if you tell people they're using a smartphone or looking at art they believe you when this is the mouthpiece of advertising it's confusing there's more to art than knowing what's trending and I think that's what everybody th thinks they are right now. Well, I can tell who's big, so I know what art is. No, you see a number of subscribers and you think that's art. <laughs> like, Coco Chanel even hired Dolly. She wanted him to paint her French Riviera home. And then Dolly was able to get into the fashion industry. So, I'm not saying that Dolly is dead here. It's Dolly Inc. It's a totally different thing at this point. And art forms go through this just like individual artists do like the fucking uh parkour landscape on youtube you had the main people who blow it up store and then all the sharks feeding off the scraps of parkour fans team fat red bull all of everybody's just biting off of the rest of the carcass you gotta look for the artist who's pushing a new landscape whatever the heck it is and you probably won't be able to know what it is because it's undefined. Confusing. <laughs> this is why, like, Georgia O'Keefe has a name. That bitch was hideous and she drew floppy pictures of vaginas. Oh my god, like, that could totally be me. Like, I see myself as the woman creator. Or Dolly, who started making his wife do Coco Chanel. Wait, so, like, I could be the woman behind the artistic process. And these bitches don't understand. The painting that blew him up, Fruit Face, was made chickless, incel misery. <laughs> I'm going to be his muse, his inspiration. Yeah, babe, I totally wrote this song for you. Dolly is, like, already in orbit at this point. I'm saying I think he's playing a part. And you can't hate the guy. What is he supposed to do? Throw it all away? Which maybe he does at the end. Quote, I would sit in a chair holding a spoon above a plate and doze off. So he's saying, I know I'm disconnected from the suffering and whatever good art is. Dolly makes this new method in his late years, which is the hypnagogic state. He's doing a Thomas Edison. I'm going to fall asleep and hold a bunch of lead balls. The moment I fall asleep, I drop the balls and it wakes me up. And then you have these crazy ideas of half awake, half sleep cougars coming into your tent early career is when all the creativity takes place and late career is when these guys cement their methods and that's almost as impressive of an art a new system but no he's a sellout <laughs> this guy he doesn't do surrealism he is surrealism <laughs> he used to say in college to people i don't do drugs i am drugs See, he he already wrote the joke, and then he tweaked it for the aristocrat audience years later. I am. <laughs> You're not, but you used a big word, so elitists can pretend to understand you. There's, like, so many methods, but Dolly stumbled on some of the most timeless ones. Along with the new method he's hanging upside down, he said, inducing altered consciousness... Dolly called this uh, the paranoiac critical method. <laughs> Just make yourself crazy for brief moments of time. He says, with this method, I was finally able to paint the persistence of memory. And that's the melting clocks. The method worked. <laughs> End of the chapter, late life. He's saying everything got rowdy again. He moves to New York City. And all of his furniture is in the stores. Cool story. One day, one of the managers was critiquing him. And Dolly was going, I don't need any of this. I can pull my product out of your store. And the guy is going, no, you're a bum. What are you even successful for? So Dolly comes back in the middle of the night and throws a bathtub through the display window. How did this guy lift a bathtub? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's getting back into his old ways finally you've heard this story he's viral big 
he would draw handwritten doodles on the back of his restaurant tabs. So then when he was checking out, he'd just be like, sell that painting. It's going to be worth millions. He didn't even tip people. <laughs> Very European. <laughs> 1980, starts developing Parkinson's syndrome. His right hand loses its steadiness. 76, he officially retires. The autopsy. This was rather intriguing. It showed he had damaged synaptical pathways caused by unprescribed medicine his wife was giving him. <laughs> Galal killed Dolly. He got what he wanted, right? A long-term altered state of consciousness. He dies in 1988. He had heart failure. And he was buried underneath the Dolly Theater in Catalonia, Spain. That's like 1,500 feet from his birthplace. Sure, he haunts it to this very day. So let me end it with one of Dolly's better quotes. Intelligence without ambition is a bird without wings. Pretty damn true. Gotta have some direction behind all that art. Otherwise, you're a bird without wings. <sighs> Final one. He didn't tell this quote to the kids. An artist without opportunity is a thief. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for tuning in for another edition of Nick's Nonfiction. Next week on the show, I think we're doing a mystery edition. Uh, yeah, likely going to be a Patreon one. Hope you guys are liking the weekend content out there, YouTubers. I'm currently rebooting the soundboard so we can get a final noise to take us home. Dun, dun, da! Why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? Salvador Dali, why would you live so recklessly yet so brave? My name, Nick Munez. Patreon.com slash the niche. Harry Schwan on Instagram. Let's go. 20,000 followers. I will see you guys in seven short days. Love you all. See you then. Peace.